I just started. Okay, we got you. And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die. Hello and welcome back to Toronto Till I Die, the Toronto FC fan show. I'm Mike Newell and with the TFC offseason in full swing, it's time for us to look back at how awful we were in our preseason predictions with our over-under review for the 2023 season. On today's show, we will go over uh, those over-unders, see where we got it right, see where we got it wrong. Uh, and we'll also get to the burning question this week presented by Next, Next Door. Um, light week, obviously, with not much happening uh, out there in the TFC land. Uh, but I will bring in uh, my co-host, Michael Singh and Jeffrey P. Nesker. Uh, gents, how you been doing? Uh, we saw each other last week, which was great. We got to all hang out, um, do some tacos, chat some, mm-hmm. you know, chat some TFC. It was good times, buddy. It was good times. Mike, good call good on times. the tacos. Uh, yeah, I, I never, I never asked you. So I took them to Campuchanos as I recommended a couple weeks back, and I never actually asked you guys because we were just so busy, just chatting a bunch of random things. But how were the tacos? Did it live up to? They the were hype? fantastic. Did I was it good? No, no, no. You, they were good. My standard taco was amazing. Are we going to talk about how you how you order your tacos? Or are we going to keep that a, a secret? <laughs> I have no shame. I have no shame. Like. Uh, so my taco was great. I had one, um, and mm-hmm. this is because I, I had a late lunch uh, uh, earlier in the day. But uh, I was appalled, shocked, appalled by the the taco order of one Michael Singh, who like literally ordered a taco that a five year old would order. <laughs> <feel> like. <laughs> what I realized actually over the course of mm. our sitting was that mm. your palates aren't that sophisticated, where you mm. realize. I love it. You guys Come can't on. realize what's good. Really? So what's great. Mm. A good taco is you got to appreciate just the meat, just the sauce, maybe sprinkle some cheese, some crema. Just let the meat talk for itself. And he's that's a, why he's a man that knows what he likes. Let the let the chef be damned. He's the he's a man who knows what he likes. Okay, I, I am giving you a hard time, though. I am the guy that gets made fun of all the time because I work for a baseball team and all I get on my hot dog is like a bit of ketchup. That's it. So, uh, you know, you know, from one guy who just likes the simple stuff to another, I apologize. That was that was rooted on call. Can't for. tarnish the actual dog. I get it. I get it, man. Yeah, yeah, Actually, yeah. I'm, I'm ketchup and might surprise you guys, but mayo. Ketchup and mayo on a hot Doesn't dog. Surprise me, mayo on a hot dog is exceptional. It mixes French in with the garbage. oil of the meat. Mm-mm-mm. French oh, mustard French is, is essential. Garbage. The essential. only mustard I do is grainy, spicy, spicy grainy mustard. That's it. Ooh, I agree with it. you, but it's not always on offer. Sometimes you got to do as the Romans do, and a hot dog without mustard. I mean, there are some places that won't let you get mustard on your hot dogs, so you would be more accepted in certain localities than yours truly. Um, yeah, yeah, they had Dosakis on tap. It was fantastic. We got to go back there again, boys. It was terrific. Yeah, we I will. My Arsenal kit. You guys both loved it. It was amazing. You said how much you loved my Arsenal kit, and that it immediately made you Arsenal fans, which is uh, is was its desired effect. Actually, bull face lie. <laughs> I'm not even gonna acknowledge it. Yeah, fair <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Indeed. Uh, I just um, want to. Uh, I gotta. I gotta correct yeah. you. 
because yeah. you said nothing's happening. And of course, something is happening, which is my segue to what we all know is happening. Thanks to friend of the show, Mike Leach. Uh, we've got a date for yes. that uh, end of season press conference. We do. It looks to be Friday morning, just after 10 a.m. Like, so anywhere I like from how the press one just after yeah. 10 a.m. Like Any, not 10. Anywhere from 10.01 to 10.59 is uh, <laughs> it, you're, you're well within, they're well within their rights. Um, so that's exciting. Yeah, well, it will be interesting. Um, as we were saying just before we came on air, I don't know how much we're going to get out of it out, in terms of outside of the lip service stuff. Like this, sometimes these press conferences can, you know, end of season can kind of push some things and some things that we've kind of known actually really get confirmed uh, through comments of especially more the players than any than anybody that goes up. Um, but I wonder now, given the time that they've had to kind of coordinate messages and sort of get all the talking points down on the cue cards, yeah. what are we actually going to get through this press conference? Mm, it may be very robotic. That's my fear as well. It could be. It could be. Um, you may get some raw emotion. It depends on who's asking the questions and, and what question they get, because it could strike a nerve, man. You never know. I feel like... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, was it last year? Or maybe the year before, where you kind of got like some raw answers, especially from like Richie Larea. Um, uh, you always get honest answers from so. Richie Larea. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and also, yeah, and also. Listen, if yeah. no one knew what I look like, I would pretend to be. I'd go and I'd pretend to be a TVR reporter when also takes the thing and just like try try to troll him to get like uh, like also comments out. So yeah, that would be that would be my master disguise. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right. Um, the only thing I, other than before we get to the over under stuff, the only thing I wanted to just really quickly address is what happened last night in Vancouver. Um, oh, that, wow. I, I mean, no Vancouver white gas fans over here necessarily, but any I mean, Sartini fan, any, any, any self-respecting football fan would be looking at that ref and be like, what in the world are you thinking? And what in the world mm -hmm. are you doing? Um, if you're not aware, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't I, believe it I either. I can't believe it. Like 95th I've never minute, seen anything like it. Corner goes in. If you didn't see it, Whitecaps are trying to tie the game. Of course, we're in this zany world of MLS playoffs where you're playing baseball series now. Like best keepers on the attack, three. keepers out, keepers way off his line as part exactly. of the attack. They, it was you, off a set, you know, piece, a set piece, wasn't it? Yeah, it was off a corner. It was off a corner. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They, you know, they try to play it in. It gets headed out. Um, a Vancouver Whitecap player is about to win the ball back. And literally, referee kind of just steps right into his way, um, knocks him over. And normally, in football, you stop the play. The referee would blow the play, blow the play back, and it would be a dead ball situation. You just drop the ball, drop ball, and they start playing. Mm. The referee does not play a drop ball. Let's LAFC take off on a three on one. They score, win two nil, advance. Now, well, no, no, it was called back. It was called oh, back. Oh, it was called because, back. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if Vela had shot it, they, it yeah, they would have scored. That's right. That's right. It. There has to be two players for the yeah, offside. That's right. That's right. My you apologies. Thank inverting the pyramid for that. That is. That is straight to my cranium yeah. from inverting the pyramid. There's like eight chapters on the offside rule. I mean, in the end um, of the day, I don't know if it would have mattered because I do think LAFC probably would have won the game anyway. But yeah, yeah, it's and just goals don't matter in the MLS playoffs. So, so I think one, it was just two, a, eighteen. Who cares? I think it was just a combination of throughout the game. There was just all around brutal refereeing. It was capped yeah. off. Yeah, by that brutal um, penalty. But brutal. here's my take, and I know I, you know, I represent the league in some way. But this is not a biased take. They have no influence over what I'm saying here. The MLS playoffs format, fantastic. 
Absolutely. Get out. Get out. Get out. Oh, no. Get out. Game, so game one, I can understand. I get it. Game one, mm. kind of dreary to go through. You understand that, you know, you win a game 5-2, it only means one victory. Um, and, you know, you can't really advance just by winning the one game. Game twos, though, when a team is fighting for their life, knowing that they have to win to advance while the other team can kind of, in a way, take their foot off the gas pedal a bit, but they still want to close out the series. Game twos are electric, especially when it's on, like Vancouver was playing at BC Place last night. And for I don't know, when you're fighting for your life at, a, at your home stadium, fantastic. You also get more opportunities for teams to play playoff games in their home stadiums. I mean, we're having yeah. the first ever playoff game, I believe, at Geodis Park um, this week, I believe it is. And that's a that's a team in Nashville that is perennially, perennially making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's surprising to me. Um, so you get you get these different types of opportunities. But I do love the kind of do or die stakes moving forward, knowing especially because you have that built up rivalry of you've played a team already, and there is some fuel heading into the second game. Like, I mean, on a heavier note, I guess like the Kai Wagner stuff with the yeah. Philadelphia Union. I mean, they got to go back now and play New England. Will Wagner be available? Will he not be available? Like the storylines are there to I guess add fuel to the fire. So, I mean, I'm I'm loving it, man. Are we Fair sure enough. MLS isn't paying him? Like I I need to see receipts cuz <laughs> no, like I, yeah. I I love you, man, but like I mean, listen, Turts Turts said it better than I. Would be the same in a two-legger. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, well, obviously, and, the, the uh, difference here is just, if the first leg's a blowout, right? Like, if the first leg's yeah. a blowout, then the second leg kind of exactly. becomes mood. But I, I, I do listen. What, what's the thing coaches always say? If you get blown it. out in your in your third, like you get blown out three nothing, like we did in the 2016 uh, first round Eastern Conference final, right? Um, in the first half, I believe, if memory yeah. serves, what no, what does the coach say? They did that to us in forty five. Why can't we do it to them? Like it's you know we're 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 undoing the apple cart. I don't like it. Um, and I started this, so just let me get to it before I forget. Um, you mean this kit, Richard? This this beautiful kit that they introduced this season? That's the one you want to get rid of? I disagree. Um, yeah, I don't like the playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean, you I, can go back and forth on it. I just love the fact that you're watching that game last night and it meant something for Vancouver. Because if you come back in that second leg and Vancouver's down three goals, five <laughs> five to two off mm. that first leg, you're it's yeah, that's not that's not fun for anybody. I, I, I get where you're going with it. My concern is just over the scheduling and the way that it lays out and how that can kill momentum for a lot of people. I mean baseball, basketball, hockey, it works for them because their regular season schedule matches that kind of tempo in terms yeah, of games yeah. played. Um, this is anti-soccer. Does not. It's, it's, but we talked about it last week. We don't have to go through anything. Yeah, we, we, yeah. No, we, we talked about it last week, so we don't have to go through the yeah. whole, whole thing. Well, um, I'll give, I'll, 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 I'll concede this. Um, playoffs in and of itself are a zany North American thing. So I appreciate this, this, attempt at zaniness i don't think it's successful um but you know you might as well if you might as well experiment with these insane kind of kind of postseason playoff things 
and long may the insanity reign. I just, I just don't think they, they hit on anything with this one. And, you know, if there's any, if there's any, <laughs> if there's any consolation, MLS seems to be okay with changing playoff formats. Like we change our socks. So uh, we'll they, CPL does the same thing pretty soon. So. Yeah. Yeah. True enough. True enough. Maybe it's, maybe that's a sign that, that soccer playoffs are kind of flawed in and of themselves. You know, um, I don't know. I like playoffs. I'm, I'm fine with playoffs. I'm also fine with single mm-hmm. table too, but that that to me is more yeah. of a traditional thing than necessarily it being the most effective way. But uh, yeah. regardless, dive, sort of dive, diverting here. But um, let's get into guys our over unders for the one, preseason. One thing quickly, yeah. uh, Turts brought up something. You know, Vanny Sartini's comments, right? And how the referees association took it as like a shot across the bow, and it sort of dredged up you know, a long-standing kind of argument that, that you know, the reason that there's such a, a dearth of referees at all levels is because of the abuse that they face. And then anybody contributing to that abuse is, is part of the problem. Uh, I wonder how you two feel about that. I mean, obviously, Sartini was joking and, and he put himself in the joke. It's, it's you know, it's a pretty dark joke, but it's a joke nonetheless, right? Um, for anybody that missed it, he opened the press conference by saying, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to quote him, but uh, as far as I know, you know, if you find Tim Ford voting face down in the river, the cops are probably going to come looking for me. It was a bit self-depreciating. It was in poor taste. I don't think it's worth the attention that's being paid on it for, you know, just my two cents. I don't, I don't think it's worth the, the, the enragement that it's uh, sort of produced. I I think Vanny Sartini, um, I think when you talk to coaches around the league, I think he rubs some coaches the wrong way. Um, yeah. You love him because, yeah, you get that raw emotion and sometimes you get some great, um, you know, clips sound of him. Bites. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sound bites. Nickelback songs. Yeah, Nickelback, stuff like that. Like You, you appreciate that. Um, I think Vancouver Flans love Vanny Sartini as their coach. But, and I love Vancouver flans. They're my favorite kind of flan. <laughs> but Vanny Sartini, again, I think is out of line at times. And I thought the, these comments were definitely um, hmm. out of line. Uh, yeah, you can say it's a joke. Sure, it is. Uh, but I don't know. In today's day and age, when things are written and they're quoted, your first instinct might point. not be like, okay, that guy crossed the the country that the coaches Vancouver is a bit of a jokester, you know, it could be mm-hmm. interpreted differently. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I didn't love it. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of echo similar sentiment. I mean, I, I, I get it. It's a joke and I'm not that fussed over it. Cause I know mm. obviously doesn't mean it, but Man, there were a lot of angry people at BC Place, man. And you just you just don't want to necessarily kick up something that just doesn't need to be kicked up in that kind of way, right? And yeah, and yeah. look, referee had a shocker. No one's no one's doubting that. I'm pretty sure privately, pro and the referees association are probably Not having a word with that yeah. referee yeah. as well yeah. um, from a performance perspective. But I mean, like you know. Don't don't necessarily like the uh, when, the barrel. Yeah, on fire when you when have you the have bully to. pulpit, you have a responsibility. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, over under reviews, gents. Let's see how bad we are at predicting stuff. Because oh, uh, <laughs> okay, actually, first we're, things uh, first. You know what? Mm-hmm. I, I looked at it. I didn't actually think we were that bad, but we'll go over some stuff. And, like, Maybe collectively, you guys. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's a mea culpa that I cut 
that I think is worth playing. So let's just open with that. Go for All right, it. All right, cool. Well, that's the end of this this segment. Guys, let us know in the chat if you guys enjoyed that. If you did, we'll or give us comments, feedback after for those that are listening to this on the podcast. If you did, we'll we'll do part two of this and we'll go mm-hmm. through the rest of the roster and we'll revisit our picks later on and see how we're doing yeah absolutely i love that that was a lot of fun i'm gonna be horribly wrong on some of these things it's gonna be be just a great laugh when you come back and it's like oh actually frederico only scored 14 but insigne ended up you know scoring 32 and breaking the the league's goal scoring record yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. so here we go here we go that was pretty nice taste um let's open uh number one ayakanola Iowa Canola, obviously, we know we know all about him. He is a guy with a ton of potential and hasn't lived up to it the last two years. So I'm setting his over-under goals at six and a half this year. Do we think he's going to score more or less? And just for some context, his career high was nine goals in 2020. 2021, he scored three. And last season, he was held to just two goals. Jeff, let's start with you. you got to take the under on this, and I don't like it, but I'm taking the under. I hope he proves me wrong. Mike? I'm going to go over with a caveat. So I think he'll go over six. I think he can match nine, maybe even pass it with 10. But I don't know if he's going to score all those goals with TFC. Ooh, I like that. Right? Because I think there might be, you know, a a situation where a team comes in with a pretty decent offer. Because if you think about it from a contract perspective, like he's on young money. I think he's U22, right? So his cap hit, though he is making like 600,000, I believe, his cap hit's only like 150. So from that perspective, that's, that could be pretty attractive to some teams who need some either striking depth or want to get a young striker who might start to be getting back into form after a long injury. So I will say I will take the over, but it may not not all of those goals may be for TFC. Yeah, that's that's a good sure. point. I'll add Iowa Canola has been on the block for <laughs> a very long time for Toronto FC, and they're asking for a lot for Iowa Canola. So if there's a team that steps up and meets that price, maybe he does eventually get moved, whether it's in MLS or overseas. Partly right. Well, not really, but partly right. I like that. Bro. Mm-hmm. I like that shout, man. You uh, you got that mm-hmm. part right where he ended up <laughs> Unfortunately for Iowa, so- I think he played a grand total of like. 43 minutes yeah it was for mm-hmm. san jose i thought you it know, was less like than 20 but no nah, it was yeah, about yeah, yeah. i think he got like a half or maybe not quite a half but uh um, oh, yeah a couple couple brief appearances off yeah. the bench yeah um, but yeah. uh yeah. the big one here zero goals zero goals so we were very 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 under zero <laughs> zero goals i i yeah. want to say i took the over on that too yeah um, you did. uh you did you absolutely yeah. did i'm the only one that took the under I, I don't even know what I could say, man. Like it, you, when you look back at I, like first of all, I love I. Like he's an unreal young kid, um, such a great person to chat to. Has his head on his shoulders, um, really kind of down to earth, and kind of has a chip on his shoulder. Um, keeps it real with you when you do get to chat with him. But man, when you look back at his young career, because he still is pretty young, when you look back at his young career, you got to think like he's got to be one of the biggest drop-offs when it comes to prospects with pedigree. Like, I I feel like his expectation was after that 2020 season, even before that. Sky high. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty high, and then, dang. But can I, but like, can we say that, like, realistically, 
in terms of actual output things that he actually did, he had one great tournament at MLS's back and then was like that's bitcoin baby that's the speculative market i mean that you're right but and i think that whole year he was good though because i think even throughout the the covid season when they had to play vancouver and montreal again i still think he was good obviously Mm -hmm. that was his best showing at that tournament but the i if you look back at the iowa canola in 2020 versus the iowa canola in 2022 and 2023 shadows of themselves you i like it i mean I don't remember that the injury. last time that yeah, I, I don't remember the last time Io got in behind. And that's what he mm-hmm. he made his bread and butter. Like that's what it was. It was getting in behind on the shoulders of back lines, his speed at the time to be able to like I said, just get that extra step and shield off defenders. And he had that that finishing touch as well, which just has completely gone down the drain. So I mean, like I said, he's still very young. Hopefully he finds himself in the right scenario and he can overcome whatever this, this lapse is, this burden is mm-hmm. that he's carrying right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gets I mean, to do it with TFC next season. Yeah, I, I don't know. He had one, hard. I mean, he had one game under John Herman this year and he got an assist in it and looked pretty good Ooh. with the national team. At the it's a good way to end field, it. So it's a very yeah. good way to end never it. Never say never. All right. Uh, Moving on, uh, Federico Bernadeschi. Federico oh Bernadeschi, hey, well, everybody's in. favorite, uh, everybody, everybody's favorite TFC guy. It feels like right now. Mm. So last season, Mike, you touched on this already, but he's off to a blistering start, right? Eight goals, thirteen games. His over under, I'm setting right now, sixteen and a half goals. Over mm. or under sixteen and a half goals. Yeah, I'm taking the over. Uh, Smash one that over. Take, yeah, I'm going to go over one. He takes the penalties, so that's going to help. Does he though? Well, that's that's an interesting we'll conversation. That's he has. Interesting I mean, he. I mean, down the stretch, he did he in preseason. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's and he's, but he did miss one. Pre- he did miss one in preseason. Yeah, I'm going to go the over on that. I think I, I I really am very high on Federico Bernardeschi. I think he's an MVP candidate, like a serious. MVP candidate in this league, just with the better understanding with it, with the team, an off full off season, and he's not going to be playing with kids for the most part. I, over, yeah, I, it's almost as the easiest over I, I think I can take. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, I, I mean, I, my, 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 yeah, no, I take the over. I, I, I think he's in Golden Boot uh, MVP territory. Yeah. So for context on that, Jeff, twenty-four mm-hmm. goals was the Golden Boot last. Yeah, year. yeah. I figured sixteen point so. five is getting close, getting close to that number. I'm taking the over. Absolutely. I think he'll, I right. think he'll break double. I think he'll break uh, twenty goals in the season. It's a consensus then. Over sixteen and a half goals for Federico Bernardeschi. Just doing the math quickly. I think on the top of my head, he was on pace for about twenty last season. Yeah. Yeah, so let's all go buy some lottery tickets. <laughs> oh man, we were such spring oh, children man. at the time, right? Such man. such children I don't even of recognize that guy. I don't recognize that guy. That who is who is that guy with the, the with the blurry over. background and all oh, that was. enthusiasm? My uh, goodness, we me. were such children so of summer, man. We had so much hope, oh. so much hope. Just dashed. Oh my! Just God. dashed. Whoa! Oh boy! So I mean, what more? Can, I, what more can we say? Like we've said a lot about Federico Berardeschi this season. No, I don't. Even, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't, I don't know I what just, to say. He, I don't want for to. record. For the record, he scored five. 
right? So, um, yeah. The one thing I will say about Mm -hmm. Federico Bernardeschi is that when you look at the minutes played on TFC, he is far and away... The, he had the most minutes played, like not even close. No one was in the yeah. same stratosphere as Bernardeschi. So the one thing you could say is that he was available for the team, uh, which is more than you could say about a lot of the players on the team. Um, joint leading scorer, I guess. <laughs> joint leading mm-hmm. scorer. Yeah. Um, With a guy making like 90K. Yeah. yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. Let's um, build a team around him. Yeah, I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> there is nothing else to say. Let's just move on, man. <laughs> All right. MB4, because, I mean, it can't get any worse. Wait, Here we go. One, Michael Bradley started <laughs> all, tw- all 34 matches for Toronto FC yeah. last season, played all but 10 minutes. You're supposed to be muted when that happens. This is weird. Anyway, go ahead. Do your one thing. Sorry. The one thing was... Uh, Bernardeski on his penalties because Mike, I know you were talking about that. I think I saw people in the chat talking about it. TFC won one penalty, I believe it was yeah. this year. Yeah, and he took it right. What? Like he took it. Yeah, yeah, him. He must have taken it. Honestly, yeah. it's so long. It was the first game of the season, I believe. Yeah. Um, but oh my god! Like, well, that tells you how often they were in the box, which is not. That's the thing too. That I think like one of the things that the team needs to address is they need to find people who can drive at the box and drive in the box. When you look at their strikers, they took one, two. Be lucky if you take three touches. Um, Insigne doesn't drive at defenders really. He's more of a guy who kind of facilitates and playmakes. Bernardeschi, I think, is one move got found out as Jeff. I think you pointed this out early. That got found out pretty early, and um, yeah, well, he tried. He wasn't very good at. At getting into that box, so, so yeah, one penalty. Yikes! <laughs> yeah, yikes! All right, and before time, Michael Bradley started <laughs> all tw- all thirty four matches for Toronto FC last season. <laughs> played all but ten minutes. Was second in Major League Soccer in minutes played last season. Michael Bradley over thirty two and a half starts. His over under thirty two and a half MLS starts. Scratch my Mike previous Mill? one. This is the easiest. <laughs> Michael Bradley will start. Like, why are we even asking this question? Wow. It's, it's like, yeah, I, yeah, I it, forgot it's, this was on the sheet. This is why. Yeah, I said yeah, no, it's, I mean, I take it back. Yeah. He is going to start. He will start over 32. Like, I know they brought Cervania in, and that's great. The difference 32 is and a half. 32 so and 33 half, or 34, because yes. there's only 34 games in an MLS. Oh, I, I get it. I get it. You're talking regular season, but I mean, and I guess you're you're saying MLS starts. Yeah, I think he starts the majority of the MLS games. I think Cervania is going to be for cup matches and for League's Cup. Yep, I uh, agree. And But here's the, here's the one caveat. I don't think the minutes are going to be the same. I think there will be more opportunities Ooh. to take Michael Bradley off during matches. I play minutes. So I think that's how you do it. I think it's Michael Bradley starts games and he'll probably finish like 40 to 50% of the games. He'll do the full 90 either way. Um, that That's where I land. Jeff, you too? Yeah. Oh yeah. Easy over. Yeah. I mean, I think the one thing we're taking for granted here that could the credit and testament to Michael Bradley, just how durable he has been. Injury is always a possibility. Right. To this, yeah, but I, to he this. is the T two thousand. Like he will. That's the thing. He'll, right? he'll be hurt, and then the next incredibly week durable. Thirty six. Yeah. He's gonna be thirty six this season. It's, it's actually insane. And it was. It was actually insane. Well, here's the thing. 
So no, of course, obviously he did not. Credit start to games. credit to Mikey Singh over here for yeah for that that little. Well, there could be an injury. I think we're all thinking it. Yeah, yeah, I think we're mm. all thinking it. Yeah, but look, look, he started. He look, he didn't make it to thirty-two. Obviously, only uh, appeared in seventeen games, but he started every single one of those games. And I and like he would have been on pace to hit that thirty-two if he had he not got hurt. He would have played the thirty. He would have started the thirty-two. Can you capably say otherwise? I have to agree with Mike Newell on that one. Yeah, had he stayed healthy, he would have started them all. Yeah, second half of the year. But I mean, no how can you backs. tell? Yeah, we had no center mids or center backs. Yeah, so he probably would have started. He would yeah, at center back or center mid. He probably would have started them all. Um, and then obviously, of course, the minutes are the minutes and what they were. But he would if he like based on sort of the way. And I'm just looking at his his playing time in minutes right now. He would have been on pace for. Basically, he would have eclipsed Federico Bernadeschi just for record, two thousand six hundred and one minutes. Uh, Michael Bradley at fourteen forty one. So, if he goes the full season and say he doesn't get hurt, he probably plays the same, almost the same amount of minutes he would have played in twenty twenty two. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think. Yeah, we're not surprised by that. I guess. I mean, I'm not surprised by that based on the way the season played out. Um, even heading into the season, I just felt like under Bob, Michael was a key cog in that Toronto FC lineup. And even as, you, as we all saw after Bob, he was a key piece in that lineup. So, uh, yeah, this was a sad one. That's a sad it was one. A sad no one. no was more sad Michael. One. Vegas yeah. doesn't care about injuries, boys. You're right, <laughs> Mr. Turt. That's why you don't put money. Mm-hmm. Who's <laughs> next? next oh, Matt, Matt Hedges. Here we go. Matt Hedges, obviously big acquisition for Toronto FC. I'm saying is over under, and we well, I'll add some context to this after, but over under, three and a half yellow cards. Matt Hedges, he only had, last season, he played 28 MLS games. He only had two yellow cards. His whole career, really, I think he's only been sent off once, but he's been a really disciplined defender. But in Toronto FC's system, we've seen defenders have to take some strategic <laughs> yellow cards sometimes. So I'm, yeah, setting, yeah. I'm setting his over-under right now at three and a half. Jeff, what do you think? I think over because he's our stay-at-home guy. So he might have to put out some fires by taking them tactical yellows. So I actually think that he might go over the 3.5. Hey, you know what? I'll, I'll take the under or just about even um on that i i like i've seen uh, matt hedges play quite a bit i've watched fc dallas games because i'm always intrigued about the young players that they're bringing up and you're right like he does not card like he's actually a very disciplined defender a very good stand-up tackler and generally doesn't put himself into positions where he needs to take these kind of tactical yellows now that's under an fc dallas system and they played a little bit differently so we'll we'll see how that goes but i'll probably take the to not sit on the fence i'll take the under on that and i'll mm. say he's probably going to match two that he did last year Sweet. okay there it is so who was right what was the final tally so do you want to take a mic or you want me to take it it was it was three yellow cards. It was three yellow cards. So he actually picked up all three yellows with Toronto FC though, prior to being traded to Austin. And then with Austin, I think he appeared in six matches and he did not pick up a yellow card. Um, yeah, I miss Matt Hedges, man. Like I, I feel like <laughs> I, I feel it. like when you look at our free agent signings, he's probably the second best free agent signing behind Sean Johnson. Um, could make an argument that he was the best for us based on the way that he was 
playing and how the team played when he was inserted into that lineup and just how much they fell apart um, when he wasn't in the lineup. So, yeah, just uh, the one thing I will say, though, it was an unbelievable trade by Jason Hernandez with the foresight to deal Matt Hedges at the time that he didn't deal Matt Hedges because mm. his value was at his highest. I think if you were to hold on to Matt Hedges the rest of the season, I'm not sure you're getting what you did get. So I got to give credit to Jason Hernandez for for pulling the trigger when he did pull the trigger on, on the Hedges deal. Sweet. Yeah. No, I mean, three in, in what, 14 games uh, with TFC? Um, Brawler. <laughs> I mean, who knows what that averages out to if he stays the whole season, considering how that defense sort of fell apart, but partly fell apart because he left, right, or was mm. traded, so. Yeah, fair enough. All right, moving on. Everybody's favorite waste man, Lorenzo Insigne. Here we go. Lorenzo Insigne, one everybody's been waiting for. That's the guy right now that uh, I think has a lot of pressure on his shoulders. Over under 18 and a half goals. So just for context, last season he had six goals, two assists, and 11 appearances. Now none of them were from the penalty spot, which I think Mm -hmm. is important to mention. He obviously has the full preseason under his belt, as we talked about earlier. And just last season he was on pace for about just over 18 goals. Jeff, what do you think? Under. I don't think he's going to pot that many goals as much as he's going to assist. I think Feta will better him in the tally this year. So 18.5 is too high a number for me. Like over just slightly though. Um, Ooh, I like yeah, it. Yeah, we've got our two wingers. We're scoring 40 something goals. Well, well I mean, I, well, like, and, and again, my reason <laughs> is I, yeah. I'll take the over. I'll say it's going to be like 19. I don't okay. know. 19, Soft eight, that's golden boot territory. It is yeah, golden boot territory. I think. But I, I, Jeff, I'll, I'll counter you. I think he'll, I think his assist numbers will actually not be well, that high. Cause I think oh, really? Goal, I think they're going to be stupid. No, I think that's going to be more Federico. And, and the reason okay. being is that I think he is going to be sort of tasked with more of the shooting role being more of that not quite a second striker but you know in that sense like definitely coming off that wing and shooting a lot more than the reverse Aryan robin let's bring it yeah. bring it exactly summer children. narrator they did summer. not bring it yeah summer children uh <laughs> wow <laughs> god we're stupid we're, we're stupid yeah, yeah, he wasn't making stupid assists. We're just stupid. I will yeah. say though, four goals, five assists in about fifteen hundred minutes, just shy of that. So, in essentially what half of Federica was doing, they produced around the same amount. Um, so, he's probably on pace to be our leading scorer and assist getter, point getter, I guess if you want to call it that. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. If you guys had to pick between one or the other, Insigne or Bernadeschi to have on your team moving forward, if you had to, Jeff, just if you had to. There's no get rid of both of them. Thank you for the caveat. If you had to pick, <laughs> who are you picking, Insigne or Bernadeschi? I think I'd just cash out and drown myself or figure out a way to get out of the situation. I don't did I not um, make myself clear? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Answer the question. Insignia, I guess. Wow, he said He's, it. I can't believe. He yeah, said I it. guess. I guess. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Insignia. I guess. Mike, do I have to? 
<laughs> Strictly from a value for player and what you might be able to get if you have to get off of them, probably Bernadeschi, even though I'm not a, the biggest fan. But yeah, just for that reason alone. A business standpoint. Yeah. Spoken mm-hmm. like a true businessman. Yeah. What about you, Mike? I'm not answering. I'm not answering. I'm not oh my god! Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ask the questions. Wow. Never. That's a journalist. Yeah, we should. Have, we should have seen that <laughs> one. See on, this, on these videos. We should have seen that one coming. Asking the questions. We see my bad taste. We're idiots. <laughs> We're idiots again. Wow. Okay, here's Sean Johnson. Let's just never Another guy who's going to be under a lot of pressure is Sean Johnson. I'm setting his over under at six and a half clean sheets. That's a weird term in Toronto. Clean sheet. We don't mm-hmm. hear it very often. But let me just throw some stats out to I you guys. So Sean Johnson, he's kept seven clean sheets in every year since 2017. TFC, they only kept three clean sheets as a team last year. But I will add, those three clean sheets all came after the debuts of Bernardeschi, Insigne, Mark Anthony K, and, and Richie Larey as well. So Jeff, I'll start with you. Over. That'll great, be a great. big upgrade for TFC. Huge. Humongous. If they get seven clean sheets, they're going to be well in a playoff spot, is my prediction. Fantastic. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, over. I think the team will be better defensively this year. I think for the reasons you mentioned earlier, right? The ability to keep possession better, not give away the ball in silly positions. That's what cost them a lot of goals last year, was just giving the ball away in bad positions and then being forced to defend in transition and being terrible at it. And um, and I think you cut a lot of that down if you have the players in the starting 11 that you have. So Tony's comments over. amazing. Tony's like, yeah, we're getting a bunch of clean sheets because there are more paws he's got to face. No chips. <laughs> Just dip. What was the what was the final tally on this one? Six. Six. Oh. Like I said, if we had seven, he'd probably be in a playoff spot. But we finished with six. <laughs> <so. laughs> <laughs> no, the majority of those were uh one more coochie would have saved our season that's fantastic. yeah that's it yeah. that's it the majority of those would have came or would have come early in the season right when we yeah. were finishing yeah. game zero zero one nil one one like we're under bob we kept things really close really tight but we we're not scoring goals whatsoever creating yeah. chances whatsoever um insignia was also out for Almost essentially all of that, all of that yeah. um, as well. So maybe that's part of the reason, but Sean Johnson, man, like if he was healthy, he's probably eclipsing that six clean sheet mark. Um, it's be interesting what his future will be. He's a guy you Ooh. obviously want to have in then you want to build around and he's a great character, but he's got one year left on his deal here in Toronto. Mm. Toronto's intention is to compete. Maybe you you keep him, you risk losing him in free agency the following year. You have Luca Gavin behind him. Or if they intend to rebuild, do you consider moving him? Because he does have value right now. He has value. It would be interesting. Um, It's weird because up until that point, the defense had actually improved. From oh, yeah. a from from that perspective, but obviously, as you mentioned, Mike, the issue wasn't the stopping goals. The issue was you couldn't score anything, um, and and that plays a lot into sort of you know you have six clean sheets but are nowhere close to mm-hmm. um, contention. But if we had seven guys, if we only had seven, You're not listening, the guys, whole thing, seven. 
<laughs> yep, 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 exactly. Seven was the magic number. Um, Temi, let's do Temi, might as well. Temi Antinoglu, a guy I've been really high on the past. I'm not sure I'm as high on him now as I actually was, even though we all saw that absolute screamer that oh, he scored screamer. for the too. So I have it here, over under three and a half starts in all competitions. Jeff, what do you think? League Cup hero, I'm taking the over. I'm screaming with the over on this one. Even with TFC just signing Kobe Franklin. I'm taking the over on this one. McNeil? Under. I'll take the under on this, and it's simply because, again, I think they may move in for a more uh, experienced piece. Uh, for depth. So I wanted to give you your flowers there because the two of you basically predicted some of the stuff that went down this year. Um, and in a sea of bad, I figured uh, we'd include this one, even though uh, uh, Temi's no longer with the club, obviously. Yeah. I mean, he finished with three starts. So just shy of that. Oh. I'm actually surprised it wasn't more just based on the way the season was going and the lack of depth TFC had at fullback. Um, but like I said, finishes with three starts. And as we've learned this week, TFC electing not to exercise his contract option, which to me, honestly, not the biggest surprise. Um, but I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on, on Themi. Yeah, we had talked about this last week briefly. Mm-hmm. I think we both thought he would be back. Uh, as again, like a cheaper kind of option um, off the bench or on your supplemental roster, not a lot of money. Um, Can jump between the B, the A and the B team capably, you know, good utility player, defensively minded, has some attack backing moose that we've seen. Yeah, but I think Mm -hmm. there is this sort of, like he probably is getting to the age where it's like, okay, he's like 22, I think, or 23. Mm Like, it's kind of like, hey, are you going to play minutes or not, right? Like, it, it that I think TFC may get to that point where with some of these guys are like, hey, look, either you're ready to be a regular contributor or it's not because it doesn't make a lot of sense to send him back to TFC 2 again for another season. Um, so if he's got an opportunity somewhere else um, where he can get real minutes in, in play and not MLS Next Pro, which you know, I guess I'm knocking MLS Next Pro to a bit, um, then I can understand why you let him go. Yeah, I think another thing that you got to factor in is just keep an eye on on TFC's academy and who's hmm. else is coming through. Right? Uh, there's, okay, there's, there's the magic. So many minutes available, and I just I, like you said, Mike, Demi's getting up in there in age, um, and I believe the only reason why he was actually signed to his contract in the first place was because he eclipsed that call up threshold uh, when he was originally being called up from the MLS Next Pro side. Um, because if you guys recall, that kind of came out of nowhere um, yeah. when it was first announced. So it was kind of out of necessity in a way. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's got talent. If he can kind of piece it all together, can stay healthy, get consistent mm-hmm. playing time, as Mike said, uh, could be a guy that you know we see develop into a player in a couple of years. Yep, keep an eye for him in Nashville, where he's going to end up being a world beater. <laughs> uh, moving on to our own personal world beater. You know him, you love him, our number 99, Adama Diamande. <laughs> our new number nine, Adama Diamande. Over under eight and a half goals. 
He had 12 goals in 2018 with LAFC and had eight goals in 2019. I'll start here. I think it's an under, but I don't necessarily think that means that he's had a bad season. I think he's going to be one of those guys who is going to be able to hold balls up, run channels. You're kind of in the Emil Heskey, you're a striker, but you're not scoring goals role. But that doesn't mean you're a bad player. It means you just fill a different function. So I'm going to say under. I'm probably going to be wrong. I'm saying yeah. over. Yeah, we saw a glimpse of that during the, the preseason game, the LA Galaxy one, where I think it was called back, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. for outside. I think he'll score a lot of those types of goals. Exactly. Where he's on the shoulder of a back line and he's beating a, a defender to, to a Lorenzo Insigne cross or a Federico Bernardeschi cross. I, I'm going to go over on this one. I feel like Diamande yeah. is going to benefit. I think he's the type of striker that Bob Bradley likes to see in his system. So let's say over eight and a half, that's nine goals. That's that's a lot. But when he's on the pitch and he's played, I think his goals per minute is ridiculous. Under Bob Under Bradley. Bob Bradley. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, I, I, it's an over. It's an over. <laughs> should have said is over under eight and a half minutes oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, what if it was over i mean it's so officially adama diamande uh five appearances mm -hmm. two starts mm -hmm. 166 minutes played before we had to shut him down for the rest of the 2023 season because of blown achilles not was it a blown achilles it was a boo-boo yeah bad boo-boo uh, it's hard to say, right? Like, who knows? Who knows how it could have been? Really? Yeah. I think that's fair. We put a lot of stock into that LA Galaxy preseason friendly, though. So much <laughs> stock. We should all we should all be buying Diamande kits and having to source the name sets. That that should be our penance he, for that. When um, he played, yeah. he did look like he had the best touch as a, for our strikers out of yeah. the, all the strikers. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, you know what I, you know what I think he is though. I think he is a symptom of what the issues around Bob Bradley were in terms of him as a football president, as a GM. Right? I don't it think was, you can hang that on him without context. I think he was desperate to sign people because he had no money because of a certain. Well, he had to win, and yeah, and aired. the, the board cut chunk the purse he gave Diamande, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And no, I, I mean, think, you but can't I think that's giving him six hundred grand to do nothing. Absolutely. But that's what Absolutely. I mean. That that that's the thing. It's yeah, like you yeah, can't I'm always sorry just. I interrupted you so quickly. You're right. You're one hundred percent right. Yeah. Like just going through all my negatives. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like he can't, like as a as a manager going through just the phone book and saying like, okay, well, let's just get this guy and let's just give him whatever he wants. That kind of is a, an indicative issue of, you know, all the signings Bob Bradley made in a lot yep. of cases. Look at the Mark Anthony yep. K trade, right? That was Bob's guy, Mark Anthony K. Mm -hmm. right? He found so much success under him and he turned into a, I guess a diminished product because when we paid for him, we paid about 2 million in assets give up Ralph Preso and when yep. you ship him out you're just getting I think a couple hundred in Gam and, and Latif Blessing as well who again is another guy who hasn't really shown yeah much. you get a guy you, Too much yeah promise. you get you don't get much in only 155 minutes out of Latif Blessing right so yeah mm -hmm. that's a good point yep yeah Okay, moving on, because I know we've got like 10 minutes to do what's left. We may not get them all done tonight, Mikey, and I don't want to do that's that. That's fine. Uh, so we may have to carry some over to next week. Uh, DeAndre Kerr, let's go. DeAndre Kerr, he's a guy who I, I don't think gets enough love. I think he 
might be, aside from Jaquiel, the best prospect that Toronto FC has that's signed right now. Over under, four and a half goals. Last season, he had three goals in 26 appearances. What do you guys think? Yeah, under. And and, and under just simply because I don't think he's going to get the amount of appearances he got last year. I I agree with you, Mike. I'm still very high and very bullish on DeAndre Kerr, but I just, I, I, four goal, four and a half, five goals with maybe less appearances. I, I under. So I think DeAndre Kerr is going to play a big role for Bob. Bradley. So do I actually. I, I really do. Okay. I think Bob. Bob's kind of touched on him a little bit. I think he could be a really. Well, where would he play him? Where do you think he'd play him? Because he could really play three middle. positions, right? He could be a midfielder. He could be a winger, or he could be an out and out striker. Exactly. He has a lot of potential. I love a lot of his starting points too. He's got that power, that pace. His first couple steps are electric. I'm, I'm really, really high on, high on him. Kurt. He's got him. He's got him down for eight goals. He's a the baller, man. TFC is scoring sixty six goals this season. <laughs> Can't go against uh, so conceding sixty six uh, last season. I love it. We have another thing we can thank DeAndre Care for, and that's for being the first over on our over-unders. Yay! Yeah, Yeah, I mean... mean, Go ahead, Mike. Bright spot, man. And not very many bright spots with this Toronto FC team. DeAndre Care is a guy who came as a... I think out of his freshman year, I think he's a sophomore at Syracuse, signed for TFC, kind of under the radar. No one really knew about him, signed when he was 19 years old, um, has really flourished into one of the team's best up-and-coming young players. And I think really mm-hmm. one of the best up-and-coming young players in Major League Soccer. I don't know if he actually gets the respect that I think he he deserves. Um, I'm excited to see what what his future holds for, for DeAndre and how this team elects to use him moving forward because I do feel like he can be a really valuable piece. Yep. Yeah. I think the, the, the one benefit of Diamande going down is you got more DeAndre Kerr. Cause I think, again, I, I still hold that. I don't know if he gets the same amount of minutes. I don't think he gets 1200 mm-hmm. minutes if Diamande's fit and playing every week. Right. So um, at number nine position too, which I think is very yeah. important. I think that's his best position. Yeah. I think he's a number. Yeah. Nine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a bright spot. He's our star boy. Love the man. Let's go. Let's go, go, go. Oh, yeah, next up. We're going to burn through him now. Um, this one's a good one. I think I'll just let it fly. This one's a really interesting one. Mm, Richie Larea. Oh, wow. Will he stay past June? Yes. I don't know. It looks like Nottingham Forest should be safe. If there's a possibility that they strike a deal, I just wonder if Forest asks for a transfer fee, right? Like, what what is the transfer fee going to be? And will TFC be willing to pay it? I'm going to lean towards yes. I think something will get worked out, but I could also see a scenario where the asking price might be too high. We got money. I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes. I yep. think unequivocally, yes. He's you've been be saying it forever. That's why I say yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. there's a there's a handshake agreement there, but we'll see. Sweet. We'll see how that plays out. Well, they hand had a handshake agreement they with did. Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think they're like I said. I think TFC had first dibs at Richie yep. throughout the yeah. process. One hundred percent. Ultimately, as things unfold, but interesting enough. Mm-hmm. Richard Laurier was substituted off at the 55th minute in Vancouver's do or die playoff game. This is a guy that was brought in and projected to be a designated player for this team or Vancouver in the winter. If it's up mm-hmm. to Vanny Sartini, who 
pretty much called out Richler after the game. He said, "Yeah, he, he said he had a bad game. Playing yeah, well. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you saw Dare the I same. Say? You read the same articles that I did. Uh, I didn't read they it. are not speaking definitively it. about Richie coming back as a DP. It is always written as an as in like if when." It's never qualified as an absolute, which I find really interesting. And I've seen two or three articles uh, that that took the same care to not speak in absolutes. Um, he may be getting done dirty by that club, which is unfortunate. For I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know exactly what the the talks were between the two clubs, but I'm just saying maybe. There's no more handshake deals, Richie. <laughs> Stop doing handshake deals. Maybe they're not working out for you. Finds back to Toronto. Maybe. I believe we want to see it. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Like, I think right now, his I don't think his value is at his highest. He played his best football in Toronto. Toronto might value him more than any other club right now. Yeah, fair. 100% fair. See what Forrest asked for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mikey, you stop me when you think we're going to run out of time for the burning question, all right? Um, uh, we'll do one more, do- and we'll do burning question. Okay, which will leave us with uh, five more for the next show, which is a okay. nice little, uh, nice little. Okay, so let's do it. Here we go. Shaquille Marsha Ruddy, over under 900 minutes played this season. And just for context, last year, he paid 613 minutes in 17 appearances. Jeff, I'll start with you. Under 900 is too close to 1,000. That's proper, meaningful, serious. Jaden Nelson got 2,000 last year. I don't see it. If you'd said 800, I may have gone over somewhere between 8 and 9, but I just can't see it happening. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to agree with Jeff here and the reason I'm going to say that is again I really do think that the starting 11 that as we sort of I think we all have pretty much constructed will play the lion's share of the minutes I think he will play minutes like I think he'll come off the bench and play minutes I could be uh, it could be close though I think it could be close I think it's over I think TFC know that they need to develop this kid and give this kid minutes Uh, not just potentially to sell him on but potentially just for themselves I think they, they really have to get him, for lack of a better word, back on track. The endless question. The endless TFC conundrum. Yeah. So for record, he played 1,100 minutes. Um, oh, nice. Here, in 22 appearances, 11 starts. A lot Sweet. of that with Insigne out, right? So mm. he played all over the pitch. He did. He play played all over the pitch. pitch. That that pitch. That's a blessing and, and a curse because... Where does this team see him moving forward? Is he, is he a wing back? Is he a fullback? Is he a mm-hmm. winger? Um, say at times he was a central midfielder um, yep. for this team. So like in a way you can be a Swiss Army knife, but also that could mean that your best, I mean, value could be off the bench, and that's not somewhere you want to be. I think as a young kid who uh, who has the pedigree that he has. But dang, man, that's a that's such a good point. That's a. It's a bit of conundrum. I think both Jaquille and the team have themselves in, but you also have to remember mm. the kid's 19 years old. Like oh my we've, God. I mean, we've hyped him up for so long and I think the team's hyped him up for so long because there's obviously, there's, I mean, I think there's quite clearly talent there. He, he's got to take that next step forward. He's got to take that next step forward. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think we talked about it last week. Um, so I think we've sort of gone through all the JMR. Uh, it's it's depressing that, but, yeah. that like, you know, there's so much distance from some of our, some of our other clips, but this one, 
it's essentially the same conversation we've been having for a long time. You yeah. know, it's kind of a shame. It's kind of a shame to end on this one, but uh, I mean, you but know, like, that's, that's look what I, I look what I just said with with DeAndre. Jeff. I was just saying, like, mm-hmm. we got him when he was 19 years old. You think about it in that same light. Imagine Jaquil is joining TFC, and next year is his first year at 19 years old. Hmm. That if you look at it through that lens, I mean, that's a great lens. I'm gonna I'm borrowing your lens. Are you sure? Yeah, can, I, you I, hope, yeah I hope you. I hope you're. Yeah, can you share, focus, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all sharing the same glasses. It's gonna I, be I, hilarious. I still got belief. Right. Right. And I still got belief mm-hmm. in him. I think. He, I uh, hope. I hope so too. No, I I bought game. all the stock, guys. Come to my house. I have the stock. That's how we're treating Janbar. This year, I think I like his best it. position is is a wing back, and I think under John Herman, when they're going to play three at the back and play with two wing backs, I think I think this is could be a year he takes a step forward. But we'll see how this team uh, builds itself out and what kind of role there is for him. Yeah, praise be. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully, praise right, be. Uh, I would love to see that. Yeah, let's yeah. Uh, let's run into this burning question here, and uh, I guess on the road. All righty. The burning question presented by Nextdoor. Nextdoor is the official community app of Toronto FC. It's also where you can connect with the people and local businesses in your community. Download Nextdoor to find soccer fans in your neighborhood, like on the Toronto FC fan community group. Uh, We've been posting, interacting, doing a lot of things there. Um, And thank you all for those who have already joined. Uh, If you haven't, you can download uh, Nextdoor at the App Store or at nextdoor.ca. And the question we asked you this week is, what do you think of TFC's uh, first set of offseason roster moves? You like them? You don't like them? Anybody we should have kept or let go? A couple of comments here. Uh, one from Luca just saying, they made all the right choices. Now they need to go out and sign a DP midfielder and a good center back and run it back. So he's talking about keeping those. He's talking about keeping the Italians and uh, and running it back with maybe another midfielder and a center back. So... I'll get interesting to get your takes on that. Uh, Turtz jumped in and said, uh, no issues with any of the moves. A little gutted by Vasquez, uh, but understand it would have given Themi another go as well. But I think, Mike, you kind of well documented um, why the club might have felt it was time to move on from him. And then uh, Boris just j- jumps in with one name, Javier Hernandez. I'm not touching that one. I'm not touching that one at all. If we That's go down that route, do. we've learned Repeatedly. nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no, thanks. Yeah, uh, but I want mm-hmm. to go back to, to Luca's uh, comment really quickly um, before we, we leave. Just in terms of, do you run it back? Like, I mean, uh, to a certain extent, like, I think you're going to have to let some people go. But like, in terms of the main pieces, do you just run it back and see if it's... I don't. I don't think it's our choice. I think it's mitigated by so many different external factors that have nothing to do with performance on the pitch, personality in the locker room, it's sunk cost fallacy. It's all of that ugly stuff. It's, it's the realities of the marketplace. It's not wanting to be taken for a ride uh, on a loan deal. It's a million different things that have nothing to do with what we want, can, should, would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think just to, yeah, read what Jeff is saying. I'm not sure. I think, like you said, there's other things at work and other powers at play when it comes to making mm-hmm. those decisions. Um, I will say just quickly, just recapping the roster moves, TFC exercised the options on goalkeeper Luke Victor Gavin Vasquez. and 
Alonzo Coelho. They declined the 2024 contract options for Greg Ranjit Singh, Thomas Romero, uh, Themi, as we talked about, Victor Vasquez, as Jeff pointed out, and CJ Sapong. Um, Gutierrez loan deal. Uh, or sorry, his his contract is over at the end awesome. of the year, so it doesn't yeah, sound like done. he'll be coming back. And then uh, Franco Ibarra's deal will expire at the end of the year as well, his loan deal, which, I mean, we already knew. He already went back. Yeah, and they're still um, talking. Yeah. yeah, and they're still talking to Ame Mabika about a potential reunion there. Um, so, yeah, I think just to sum up big picture, no real surprises. Um, I'm interested to see what happens there with Mabika uh, because I do think there there's promise, and I think he comes in at a relatively low cap number unless there's a – dramatic change from 2023 to 2024 um yeah everyone else it's you know like i think we knew this heading into the season but there's not much wiggle room when it comes to this team's roster like they have a lot of people that are under guaranteed contracts that i'm sure they would have loved to moved on at moved on from at the end of the year but they have to be creative and find other ways to do it so i still think Mm -hmm. it is going to be Maybe not as busy as the last two off seasons that we've seen at a Toronto FC, but I still think it's going to be a busy off season for this club once again when it comes to making roster decisions. As John Herman comes in and he gets his imprint, and as Jason Hernandez comes in and Sean Rubio comes in and they make their imprint yep. on the club in their first off season in charge. Yeah, they're going to have to find some dance partners for some uh, players that don't have a lot of value right now. Exactly. Um, so there's going to have to be a lot of. Uh, a lot of uh, take uh, from TFC yep. and not so much give. So uh, throw in some Toronto condos they're, they're They grow on trees, literally just throw, throw some Toronto condos in. Exactly. Maybe some uh, OVO merch at a deep discount. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there and we'll, we'll go back to our over-unders next week. I think uh, those are fun and I think you guys are enjoying it and enjoying uh, having a laugh at us. So uh, yeah, we'll yeah, bring that yeah. back in next for, week uh, thank you jeff there. for putting that all together absolutely i oh, ain't no thing boys ain't all nothing right. all right thank you all for right, tuning uh, into another toronto till i die uh the community's growing uh you know tell us how much you like us leave a review um again if you're watching us on youtube or if you got new people watching on youtube that you know about tell them to like and subscribe to the channel um if you're on uh if you're listening to this on the podcast version on apple leave us a review on spotify five stars would be amazing uh and for those who already have thank you so much we really do appreciate um all the kind words uh for jeffrey p nesker for michael singh i'm mike newell we'll see you next week cheers everybody everybody you two were buying lottery tickets right like lotto 649 i'm feeling lucky let's <laughs> go for that. it <laughs> all right cheers boy and wait and wait and baby i'm tfc till i die